Welcome to Relationships Unhinged Podcast, where we explore dysfunctional partnerships that became deadly. These stories give a whole new meaning to the term, till death do us part. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Relationships Unhinged Podcast, episode 38. Man, we're moving right along. Yeah, and today we're going to the land down under Uh in Melbourne, Australia. Yeah, throw another shrimp on the barbie. No, let's don't. (laughs) Good day, mate. (laughs) Let's put another shrimp on the barbie. Let's not. Did you just quote Dumb and Dumber? Yeah, but <laughs> what? <laughs> was I not? You were supposed to say you're supposed to say let's not, but it's funny either way. It's way funnier what you said. <laughs> I don't remember it word by word I, like I think you people, do. I think people. I, I'm, for, well, first, I'm impressed that you actually knew what movie that's from. <laughs> Secondly, for, for that's it. All our listeners were waiting for me to quote a line from Dumb and Dumber. It finally happened. It happened, and it wasn't even like planned. I'm pretty sure that's also a line from Crocodile Dundee. I'm sure. So anyway, we're going to talk about today, Caitlin O'Brien and Shay Stewart. Okay. Um, they're from Melbourne, Melbourne, Australia. She was a 31-year-old nurse. Okay. And so one of the reasons I want to talk about this is because, like, historically, nurses are known for um, being in relationships with people who have, like, a lot of issues because nurses always think that they could help people or, like, save people. I never knew that. Yeah. So they tend to be with people that um, are damaged and they tend to try to help them, but they... Does it always work? It, no, it very rarely works, I think. Um, but it's common. You know, people always think nurses have their shit, st- shit together, but oftentimes, you know, nurses have their shit together fine, but they're in relationships that are just a hot mess. And That's interesting, because you figure you do it at work, and then when you're home, you're still dealing with people. That's kind of weird. I'm surprised you even I mean, want to I guess to it's like the nurturing of... nature, Oh, I guess. that's true, yeah. You know, where they always want to, like, help people. And, you know, they never really want to give up on people, I think, too. Right. Um, Maybe that's why they became nurses to begin with. I think so. I think so. So, um, so Shay was unemployed because he had social anxiety. Oh. So he basically relied on her for financial support and for emotional support. They met in high school and they dated for, um, like, 13 years, maybe. Okay. Um, her, she lived, they lived in a second floor apartment for the past three years. So this incident happened in 2019. So they lived in that apartment for three years before that. So since right. it's obviously 2016, her coworkers report that she also often showed up for work, like with bruises or uh, crying, yeah. like saying like that there was like abuse going on. Um, she called the police often to their house for abuse. Mm-hmm. Starting so this is in, like well documented then. Oh yeah. Starting in 2008. Um, where she, I guess they were going to move furniture and he lost his temper and he hit her. Jesus. So she called the police and the police came and they filed charges. They locked him up, but then she felt bad and she decided to drop the charges. Of course. So that happened so many times where she called the police on him mm-hmm. and she dropped the charges. Circle of violence. So I'm sure that the cops like just were like probably super frustrated. Like every time they went there, they're like, she's not going to do anything like till he kills her, I guess, you know? So he got progressively like worse. He deteriorated because he was using drugs. 
he was isolated he was on the internet he was becoming like more paranoid and like kind of delusional right right and um so she had had over 30 visits with her own doctor like her primary doctor 30 visits for injuries sustained in domestic violence incidents yeah and the doctor didn't report any these injuries to the law enforcement i mean if she's in there 30 times with documented bruises there's nothing I mean, I don't think he reported it, but he did document tons of stuff, including he documented that she told him that Shay was going to kill her and then kill himself, and that she was, like, basically a chronic abuse victim. Wow. So he definitely had some sort of mental illness, and she suggested that he go to a psychiatrist, and he was definitely under the psychiatrist's care, and he was admitted to a psych unit multiple times. Wow. Like, multiple, multiple times. This doesn't sound like a relationship. This sounds like a nightmare. No, I know. Yeah. I know. So when he was in psych units, he admitted that he was controlling and even violent towards her sometimes. Um, but she felt bad for him because he was mentally ill. Mm. And she, I guess she loved him and she wanted to help him. In 2019, in May, she was diagnosed with a brain tumor. Oh, no. And she had to go for surgery on, on to get this brain tumor removed. So after that... Probably from all the beatings she got from this guy. I don't think you get beat and grow a tumor. Why not? Because, like, it's just If you get multiple thing. contusions. I mean, because in your whole lifetime, think about how many times you're, like, hurt, fall, get, bro like, a broken bone or a stitch. Like, that yeah. doesn't give you cancer or a tumor. But anyway, so she had this tumor removed, and then she's posting pictures on her Facebook of, like, basically her shaved head with this enormous, like, cut with staples, like, incision with staples across her head and she says that her head feels like a tennis ball and that she could just dye her hair green and that that's her Halloween costume, she's a tennis <laughs> ball. Right. And then she said, um, jokingly, that when she went back to work and patients asked what happened to her hair, she was gonna say, it's from the stress of nursing. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she also posted that he was helping her and doing chores like while she was laid up. That's good. Mm -hmm. However, uh, like right around a month later, he started to like seriously deteriorate mentally. Um, he started to have like these delusions that the neighbors were Satanists. Oh no. And that she was the devil and that he was Jesus, right? Even like as bad as he made her eat an apple because he said she needed to get enlightened like Eve. Wow. Like he had, like she had to purify herself. It's crazy people stay. I know. <laughs> as soon as this starts happening, you think she'd be on the first boat out, you know what I mean? Well, she did call the police on June 23rd, and she said, you know, he's really, he's lost it. Like, he's he's totally delusional. He's bad. He's scaring me. So they came and they took him to the psych unit, right? He goes to the psych unit, and he tells them that um, everyone's a Satanist, and that he's the son of God, hmm. and that, you know, he, like, basically completely lost touch with reality. But yeah. guess what happened? They let him go. They cleared him, and they let him yeah, go within hours. Right. But while he was in the unit... So not only in the U.S. is mental health, you know, broken, but also I mean, Australia. at least at least in the U.S., we have a 72-hour hold. Someone goes, and they're, like, threatening suicide or homicide. Or this this delusional, they stay for, for 72 hours. Um, do they not? Not in all cases. I mean, don't you think if you showed up to the ER and you were like, I'm Jesus... And my girlfriend's <laughs> Satan. I have to kill her. Yeah, you, would, would, you would hope, but I've, I've, listen, I've heard stories where people out the same day well, with similar type situations. So, so while he's in the, in the psych unit, like while I guess in the ER, the hospital, 
she thinks that she has like maybe a couple days to like pack up and find a place to go and move out. Yeah. She's, she's like, I gotta get out of here. Like he's literally lost it. Yeah. So she calls up like an ex that she had and she says, can I, can I come stay with you? And he says, well, like, you know, give it a couple days, think it over if that's what you want. He's like, but you definitely have to break up with him. And then he's like, you can come stay with me if you need to, whatever. Right. But, um, Either way, he gets released within a couple hours, so it was completely moot. She didn't have time to do anything at all. So he comes, while he, but while he was in the hospital, he was texting her. He said to her, "I would never hurt you." Right. And she said, "I hope not, because I even get though so- she's the devil and he's Jesus." Right. Gotcha. She said, "I hope not, because I get so scared." And he said, "Of what?" And she said, "Of you murdering me." Hmm. Right. So he gets he gets released. Um, so on June 24th, he starts to post like all this crazy stuff on his Facebook. Like he posts um, these LGBT posts. He posts something about like Pete Buttigieg. That's that gay guy that was like running for president from Texas. That like mayor guy. He was like posting that like, you know, stuff about like transgenders. So basically like he always claimed that he um, used marijuana to deal with his symptoms of like anxiety, paranoia. But I think he may have used like more drugs than that mm-hmm. because you know marijuana doesn't usually usually make people like this crazy. I, it definitely well, it can make, make people, people paranoid. Yeah. yeah, definitely can make people paranoid. But he, it made him violent towards her, like s- extremely violent. He he also posted sacrifice is beautiful if if for the right reasons. He he posted you can't rape humanity away. And before the incident, he po- he posted, you made me kill the devil because you saw yourself in her. Jesus. Right? What's that? That's spooky. Right? Yeah. So on June 25th, she was sitting in the bedroom on the bed, and he went in there, and he started talking about the end of the world. Then he pulled her pants off because he wanted to see if he was still attracted to her. What? Yeah. So he holds her down, and I'm not sure if he was, like, trying to assault her or whatever, but she fought him off and she ran to the bathroom and she grabbed a pair of scissors. And so he ran after her, he grabbed the scissors from her oh, no. and he stabbed her five times with them. Ugh. Then to make sure she was dead, he like wrapped track pants around her neck Ugh. and, and like choked her woman. with it. So then he goes into the shower and takes a shower and then he goes and to the police station and confesses that he killed his girlfriend. Just like that. Yep. He goes, he says, he says, arrest me. I killed my girlfriend. He didn't try to run. He didn't try nothing. No alibi. Just. No. Wow. However, before, like when he was on his way to the police station, as he's like walking from their apartment to the police station, he says that he ran into some homeless people and asked them what he should do. And the homeless people told him, if you're Jesus, you need to grow your beard out. (laughs) Right? I mean, I guess it's solid advice. (laughs) What? The hell? But, you know, I mean, it's all crazy. Yeah. So he tells the police, arrest me, I just killed my girlfriend. And guess what the police said to him? What? No, you didn't. <laughs> well, think about it. <laughs> what normal person's going to go into a police station and say that? You know? Well, who would say that if they didn't? Yeah. I don't know. So so anyway, they, they, they go to her apartment and right. they find her on the ground, dead, with the track pants still around her neck, tightly. Jesus. And he tells them... Um, so he tells him that he killed her right. and then he left a credit card on her chest and told her, you don't owe me anymore. And then he says, 
it just felt right at the time. Wow. He says, I know this sounds horrible, but it felt necessary. What a sick bastard. Right? So they said, you're under arrest. And his response? Cool. <laughs> cool? Cool. Oh, all right. Yeah, clearly that guy's like, he was shot out. Right? Yeah. So that, a, that poor girl. I And she was adorbs. And you know what? I got to tell you, I get like Charles Manson vibes from this guy. Oh, yeah? His Like his eyes look like Charles Manson-y. Right. You know, and then like there's old pictures where he's got like short hair. Then there's like, you know... As I think we've seen with like a lot of killers on our show, yeah, they grow their hair out, they grow yeah. their beard out, yeah. and then they start to look like really cultish, yeah, and bizarre. Well, he was already talking about that kind of stuff anyway when he was before he got locked up. So I know, yeah. I know. It's so, just it's it's so scary that these people carry this stuff out though. I mean, no one snaps I, out of it. Of all the things though, like literally of all the things, like how do you not leave this guy? Right. But you know, here she, I guess she felt financially responsible for him she felt like he was like down on his luck you know like we talk about this all the time on the show there's people stay in these situations like a long time relationship yeah, you know crazy. i guess it was her security and we've also had people that are in short-term relationships that stay i know you know I know. at that point what are you invested in seriously yeah so you know that this all happened you know june of 2019 right in march of 2020 he was sent. He was he. Well, in March of 2020, he pled guilty. Okay. And in June of 2020, he was sentenced to 22 years in prison with the possibility of parole in 16 years. Wow. So during the time that he was in jail, that wasn't gruesome enough for Australia, stabbing someone five times with scissors. You know that they're just like, oh, bloke. I mean, this yeah. guy. You know, I don't know. That's bad. But so while he was in jail, he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Um, I saw that coming. Right. Um, narcissistic personality disorder with schizophrenic features and OCD and bipolar. And he says um, he used marijuana to try to control his anger, but it obviously didn't. So um, the judge said to him, you murdered her in her home where she should feel safe. And he said, it's not like this was like a one-time incident. Right. right. But despite that, he gets this really light sentence. Yeah. Which he claims that he can't wait to get out in 2020, 2035 so he could start his new life. You know, that's really not that far away. It's not. It's like five minutes from now. You know, it's kind of crazy. So, of course, her mother says she lost part of her soul when her daughter died. Her sister said she hopes that he takes his time in jail to rehabilitate himself because that's... First of all, that doesn't happen. She says that's what Kate would have wanted for right. him to get better. Yeah, that's what she wants. Well... <laughs> I mean, she stayed with him all that time, hoping he would rehabilitate herself. Yeah. So, you know, the irony in this is that she had just survived this brain tumor right. and this major surgery. And just then to be she killed by this asshole. Killed by the guy that's supposed to be taking care of her. Yeah, that's terrible. So, when he was in prison, he entered a drug and, re, re, drug and alcohol program. And um, I guess he got involved in doing the laundry and stuff. His lawyer claims that he's profoundly sorry. And his Facebook now classifies him as a single but while he was in prison, he was writing all these letters to people. So like, he's single, not widowed? Yeah, just single. <laughs> he was writing all these letters to people, like um, like mutual friends and like family members and stuff. And in one letter, he said that he would never have killed her if they hadn't released him. He says that he knows oh, that he... Oh, it's their fault. Yeah. No, but he knows that he was having a, an acute psychotic breakdown. Right. And if like they had just held him, I guess, even overnight... 
like it hopefully it would have passed or they would have helped him with it is what i guess he thought until the next time but right i mean totally yeah. but still i mean somebody's having an acute psychotic break right. you don't just let them go rape i mean they literally said she's the devil and i'm jesus i gotta get rid of her right right and they just let him go did anything change from this is there a new policy no no uh. so um he said that she loved him so much and at her own peril and that the drug use made him worse he called their relationship a t toxic codependency and said that they lost many friends in their attempts to constantly break up that's and patch the, it up that's probably the one and only thing that makes sense in this whole thing Oh yeah, because it seems like he had some time to think when he was in jail, yeah. and he like realized like a lot of like the error of his ways. Um, so he said that he, it made him sick like that he had been so sadistic to her, and she still stayed. He said that um, on the day that it happened, he was just convinced that she was a satanist that was killing people, and it was so severe that he told the ambulance people not to let her follow them because he thought she was going to kill them. Jesus Christ. Right? Yeah. He said that his last words to her were, I love you, but he didn't enjoy it at all. Literally in those words, I didn't enjoy it at all. He said that the killing contained some sort of warped love. Mm. Um, and then he said before he went to the police station, he changed into a, a, a plain t-shirt that had no logo because he didn't like the, symboli the symbology of branding. What? So he did, yeah, he just wanted just a plain, plain shirt. So. Man. And then in another strange bizarre. twist. Oh, here's another strange twist. Oh, there's more. Uh-huh. Okay. He ate from a toilet in jail. What? Okay. Yeah, he ate from a toilet. What, what do you mean he ate from a toilet? I don't know what he ate out of the toilet. I'm not uh, you know sure what? if he you know ate what? shit. Nah, and he nah, may. <laughs> I was hoping you weren't going to go there. I don't. Uh, <laughs> he I may. I can't. Or I don't know. I don't know what he did, but he claims that because he ate out of a toilet, whatever he ate out of a toilet, that he contracted hepatitis B from mm. that. Okay. Okay, which I don't think you get hepatitis B from that. I think you get hepatitis A from that. So, or hepatitis C, but I don't think it's B. But either way, um, he, this is his weird letter that he wrote. I have trouble remembering the chronology of some events, but on one day I walked the city and observed, observed events that supported my mind state. I began to assume that me and my friends from my past were psych psychically linked and that the human race had been splintered inter interwarring factions and that my social media was actively changing world events in real time. Sharing posts I thought were relevant as well as some I believed were being fed to me by an algorithm. I believe that gangs and factions of humanity would be appeased through my actions and that I was uniting the world against the control of pure blood, pure blood humans by artificial intelligence and those with alien DNA. Okay. He said he was convinced that there were remnants of old LSD incest cult called the family who had infiltrated the police and other government agencies. He said he believed that Kate was the devil and that she had deliberately recruited him to be by her side by taking his virginity. He started to experience that he was a direct product of God and many other subsequent delusions. <clears throat> he said, I turned to Kate and said, on the, this is on the day, and said, we did it, we won, and tried to celebrate, but she just looked scared and I asked her, what do we do now? 
He said she started to ramp up her negativity and fear physically, at which point I removed her pants to confirm that she was part of the family too. At which point she grabbed her phone and a pair of scissors from the bathroom. Believing the world was at stake and that she was in opposition to pure blood humans, I turned the weapon on her and began to choke and suffocate her till she was dead. I, I don't even have a response to that. Hinged. I got nothing. Yeah, yeah, it's unhinged. Uh-huh. How do you get like to uh, this state? Now hearing that, if that's the shit he was telling these people at this facility and they let him go, wow. Right? That's yeah. what I'm trying to say. Yeah. He literally told these people that this is what he was like. Wow. And I mean, he was definitely a narcissist because like in all of his letters, he doesn't blame like necessarily himself. He he said he takes the blame, but he blames mental illness and drugs. Well, that's obvious. Right. And he says that, See, see you know, ladies and gentlemen, just say no to drugs. Just say no to drugs. Man. He says that he does have a darkness inside of me that he owns up to. And he says, it gave me pleasure to see someone worse than I was. He said his personality is geared toward using people and he doesn't have the heart to give people false hope so I stay isolated and that's why everything has failed me. I got nothing. I know. I think you lost me once you told me he ate out of the toilet. I think that's when I think that's when I mentally shut down. Well then he says that he says this is how pathetic he is that he got an STD without having sex. How'd that happen? By by getting hepatitis B from eating out of a toilet. So, you know, all the hepatitis are, you know, can be sexually transmitted. But he's saying this that, is so gross. That, that that's just his luck, that he would get hepatitis B, <laughs> not from sex, but from eating out of a toilet. Oh, my gosh. That, that that's how unlucky he is. Yeah, you know, he's unlucky. And pathetic. You know who's unlucky is his girlfriend that's dead now, who survived cancer, mm -hmm. brain cancer. A tumor, tumor, a brain tumor. Yeah, yeah, brain tumor. And then she dies by the hands of the scissors that she grabbed. I know. That's that's. She knew she was in danger. She yeah. tried to protect herself, but then she like kind of really just was. It was like her undoing, because mm -hmm. he even claimed like in the letters that had she not have grabbed the scissors, you know, he, they may have had like an altercation, but like he wouldn't have killed her. But once she grabbed the scissors, it just gave him a weapon in his hands, and he just that's stabbed scary. her with it. Man, it's nuts. So, and, and he was like deluded into thinking that she was killing people. Yeah, if you're in these one of the situations where you feel like you can help someone that's mentally ill, maybe you can't. No. Maybe you can't. But nobody really helps them, you know? Yeah. Nobody really helps these people. Well, this, this story was uh, pretty Messed crazy. up. Yeah, pretty crazy. And right. what's scary is this guy's going to be out soon. He's going to be out in our lifetime. Yeah, it's crazy. Man. There's, you know, there's probably girls right now that are writing to him in jail. Oh, definitely. That, that are going to wait for him to get out of jail. Yeah, definitely. That want to marry him or want to be with him or whatever. Dude, yeah. girls, don't do it. Yeah, the fact that we we hear about this all the time that these women reach out to these guys, these scumbags in prison, and they want to, you know, it's it's not it's nuts. I know, I know. And she was just such a cute girl. Yeah, she was just That's a shame. so cute. That's a shame. Yeah. But anyway, thanks for listening. Yeah, no doubt. We'll Go talk on to you soon. Instagram, check us out, subscribe, and like us, and rate us. Yeah, and then you can take a look at these photographs of these people. This yeah. poor girl. This poor girl. Yeah. All right, be good. Take care. See you next time. Bye. Bye.